Today, we're kicking off our signups for small groups. You probably noticed all the tables out in the foyer. We want to encourage you to get plugged in and get involved in a small group. It is a life-changing experience. So, hey, I'm going to invite everybody, if you would, to stand right where you're at, give you an opportunity to stretch your legs. We want to make some declarations over our life. And I want to remind you that you have the power in your tongue of life and death to speak life over yourself, life over your situation, life over other people. And so as we make these declarations, I'm going to encourage you today to say it like you mean it. Y'all ready? God is who he says he is. God will do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Lord, I just thank you for each person that is here today. And Lord, I pray over the next few minutes as we spend just a little time together talking about small groups, Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of our hearts. God, not just to hear a message about them, but that, but, but that we would make a decision in our heart that we are going to be a part of a godly small group, a, a group where we can pour life into other people and can, people can pour life into us. So Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you direct our service today, lead and guide us in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. You may be seated today. I wanted to read this today. My neighbor was working on his yard when when he was startled by a late model car that came crashing through the hedge and ended up on his front lawn. He rushed over to help an elderly lady get out of her car, sat, down in a lawn, sat her down in a lawn chair and said with excitement, you appear to be quite elderly to be driving. Yes, I am, she replied pr- proudly. I'll be 97 next month. I'm now old enough that I don't need a driver's license anymore. The man said, you don't? She said, that's right. Last week I went to the doctor and he examined me and after examining me, he asked me if I had a driver's license and I told him yes and I handed him my card. He took out scissors, cut it into pieces and threw the pieces into the trash saying you won't need that anymore. So I thanked him and left. (laughs) Thank you for the courtesy laughs today. Hey, we are so glad that you're here today. Today, I want to talk about small groups, and one of the things that I want to encourage you to recognize and understand that as a community, what we've decided our purpose statement is here at Amarillo Fellowship is that we are a community that is dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Jesus Christ, meaning everywhere we go, it's the love and hope that God has placed inside of us we want to get outside of us and impact other people's lives. Because listen, when God's love fills our lives, the natural response is that we love. In fact, one of the ways that I can tell when I've not been tapping into God's love is I'm not very loving towards other people. Now, I'm sure that's probably just me, that I'm the only one that deals with that, but from time to time, people can frustrate me. People can make me kind of mad. We're getting some amens now. There's just people that just begin to annoy me. And what I recognize is I've not tapped into the love of God, and so therefore the love of God is not in me, and so it's impossible for me to give the love of God away. Because you see, when the love of God is in me, I love God. And I love others. Even those others that we don't 
that we have a hard time loving from time to time. I didn't want to say we don't love them, but we have a hard time loving from time to time. God's love. And listen, when he fills our heart, it begins to change everything. In fact, here's what Jesus said as followers of Jesus Christ, which I'm guessing the majority of you that are here today and those of you that are watching online today are. Here's how he said that we would know that we are disciples. He said this, by this, in John 13, everyone will know that you are my disciples, meaning you're following after me if you, what? If you attend church regularly, if you serve in children's ministry, how many of you know the people that serve in children's ministry get the largest mansions in heaven? God bless those people, amen? Is it if you give your money and your time to the church, that's the litmus test? No, again, he says this, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciple if you love one another. It's our love for one another that helps people understand we're actually a follower of Jesus Christ. It helps us understand when we're a follower of Jesus Christ because you can be born again going to heaven and not actually following after Christ. You, you can. You, you, you're not following. You're not walking on the path that he has for you. You've surrendered your life to Christ, but you are having a terrible time with the lordship issue in your life. By this, everyone will know. So it's love that really is the litmus test that shows people that we're followers of Jesus Christ. And listen, I might be a bit old-fashioned on this, but when you love someone, you want to spend time with them. You, you want to be with them. You want to hang out with them. You want to actually engage with them in a conversation that actually has meaning rather than just the fluff talk that we get a lot of times. How you doing? Great, 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 great to see you. See you all. We will, God wants us to learn how to engage. So I want to talk to you today about getting engaged. And I'm not talking about getting married, but I'm talking about getting engaged with other people, getting in relationship with other people. And, and I want to tell, talk to you today about why everyone, and I'm talking about everyone today, should actually be in a small group. And here's the reason why. It's what you're seeing on a lot of our t-shirts today. It says that we are better together. We actually are, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are better together. And I hope to prove it to you today throughout the word that I'm going to be showing. But I know that everyone here this morning, you might have a hard time believing that. Because have you ever noticed that about 99.7% of all your problems come from people? Most of the issues that you deal with in life are related to people. And I know that sometimes when we go to church, it can seem as if the church is messed up. It is. People just seem to be jacked up from time to time. They seem to be, I saw y'all, they seem to be messed up from time to time. But listen, the church is not the organization. The church is not the building. It's not the, the structure that we have. It's actually who we are. And honestly, that's why it seems so messed up from time to time is because I'm in it. And because you're in it. And because we're in it, it gets messed up. So, we, we, listen, we need relationships. Let me say it again. We need relationships. They're not just a good idea. They're actually a God idea. We need relationships, first of all, with God and then with one another. I don't know if you know, but we are the body of Christ. And if you are out of relationship with the body of Christ, if you are a hand, you are like a hand laying on the floor right over here. Now, how many of you know if there were just a hand laying on the floor over there, we would think something is wrong. But often we don't think of it being wrong in the body of Jesus Christ. We need one another. So we need one another so that we can reach our full potential, not only in Christ Jesus, but in life. And relationships are the key. 
And that's why we shouldn't try to do life alone. Sometimes when you're going through a difficult time, again, you don't need to be listening to you. We shouldn't be doing life alone because we are better together. And when I say together, I'm not talking about being in proximity of one another. Because how many of you know you can walk in a service like this today and not engage with anybody? You can walk into a service like this, sneak in late, sneak out early, and not connect with anybody. But I'm talking about us being together, a heartfelt together where I know where you're at and you know where I'm at. Now listen, you don't have to be in relationship with everyone, and you don't have to be in relationship with us, but you need to be in relationship with someone. Someone that that is looking out for you, that you're pouring into their life and they're pouring into our life. Listen, relationships are one of the most important choices that you will ever make. In fact, I can tell you this, that if you show me your friends, I can tell you your future. Because when you're hanging around some godly people that are pouring the love and hope of Jesus Christ into you, you're going to be able to pour it into other people. But when you're... Hanging out with some people that are a little bit jacked up. I'm going to keep using that word. A little bit jacked up. I'm telling you today that they're going to get you jacked up too. Relationships are important. Listen, there are so many people, even people sometimes that you're sitting next to that are so lonely. That just need somebody to reach out to them and connect with them and say, hey, how are you doing today? How are things going in your life? Are, are you doing Okay. So I want to talk about why relationships are important and why it's important for you to be in a godly small group. Because I'd probably say with a fair, fair amount of confidence today that every one of us are in a small group. We got a group of people at work. We got a group of people that we go uh, do some recreational things with that we're in a group with. But we need to be in some godly small groups. And I want to talk today about what the Bible has to say about this and then talk about a few things that hopefully will kind of maybe enlighten us and we'll get to learn some things from. Because, listen, it's not God's plan for you to be alone. It's not God's plan for you to be isolated. God actually has a plan for you to be connected in a relationship with other people. And we love it doing that through small groups. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. I know some of you still bring your Bible, so I want to always comment on that. But it's going to be on the big Bible uh, up here on the screen. And this is the book of beginnings. This is at the very beginning. And there's a phrase that keeps showing up in this passage where it talks about produce seed. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. It says, Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and the trees on the lands that bear fruit with seed in it. In other words, inside of the thing, there's actually more things that are actually like it, according to their various kinds, and it was so. So what God is saying is that inside of every plant, inside of every tree, there are more like it. That inside of every plant, there are more plants like it. There are acres of plants and acres of trees. Because listen, God is a God of potential. He puts things inside because only God could shove seeds and potential inside of something that would actually produce more. God is the God of potential. That's why he sees potential in you. And notice that they would bear fruit with seed in it. That even the ones that they produce would actually have seed in them also. And that line that says, according to their various kinds, meaning so that they can make more like it, like themselves. Verse 12. And the land produced vegetation, meaning it happened. Plants bearing seed according to their various kinds and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. What God said is, I'm going to create this system. 
where I'm not just going to create the thing, but I'm actually going to create the thing with the ability to create more things like it. It's amazing. I'm going to shove more things like it actually into it. And he didn't just do it with plants and animals. He did it with you and I. But instead of putting a generic seed inside of us, he actually put his seed inside of us. In fact, if you drop down to verse 27 in that same chapter, it says this. So God created man. He said, I'm going to put my seed inside of him. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, and he created them. Now watch this, and this is huge, because this is the very first words that God spoke to man. And when first words are incredibly important, and he says this, God blessed them and said to them, be what? Be fruitful. And what? Increase. Some of your translations say multiply in number, fill the earth, and subdue it. Listen, this is what God has created you and I to do. He's created you and I to be fruitful and to multiply. He wants you to do it. He wants your business to do it. He wants your life to do it. He wants your health to do it. He wants your entire life to be fruitful and multiply. Because when God is in the middle of something, he wants there to be fruitfulness and increase or multiplication. God's not interested in us just surviving life. Say it again. God is not interested in us just surviving life. He's interested in us in thriving in life. So the question is, why doesn't it always happen? Why do we sometimes get stuck in this issue of multiplying? The reason is, is because we mess up the thing that actually creates fruitfulness and increase. We mess it up ourselves because in this system, God actually created a way for fruitfulness and increase to take place. And you know what it is. You have to get, it's not just enough that you actually have the seed inside of you. You actually have to connect with other things like them. In fact, you have to connect with the opposite gender for those things to happen. This isn't going to become a sex education class, but I think you all know what I'm saying. You have to connect with them. They have to become intimate. And honestly, today that's a word we're really afraid of is intimate. We have to become intimate. Watch this. Because God requires intimacy in order for things to multiply. God requires intimacy in order for things to multiply. So in all of our lives, you can have the seed and the potential inside of you and never see it produced if intimacy or connection doesn't take place. You won't see it. That's why every time we see the devil come on the scene like he does in Genesis chapter 2, and and just so you know, I want to make sure you understand something about the devil because I think that you need to understand how your enemy operates or you can't fight him very well. You're not going to be able to do as the Word of God says, learn how to resist them. So there's something that you need to know about the devil, and it's not that he's just mean and nasty. He is mean and nasty. He is ugly. He hates you today. But it's too shallow for you to think that the devil's just there to mess up your life. He's just trying to make your life miserable. It's not even close. Listen, Satan has a goal. He's got an end game, if you will. And it's to, to stop the process of intimacy from happening in your life. Because if he can stop intimacy between you and God, let me give you a quick example. You think God's mad at you and suddenly you're running from God instead of running to God. If he can stop intimacy between you and God, if he can stop intimacy between you and others, he will stop the fruitfulness and increase from actually happening in our lives. It's what his goal is. Listen, evil is not just there for evil's sake. Sin is not just there for sin's sake. 
Listen, look, the devil's not just sitting there saying, look, I'm bad and I know it. Y'all heard Michael Jackson singing that as I said? I'm bad, I'm bad. He's not doing that, all right? He's not just saying that, look, I'm trying to make your life miserable. He's trying to create damage on the inside of you. Listen, and all it's, at some level, all of us have had some damage on the inside of us. He's trying to create that because if he, if he can create that damage inside of you, you may never want intimacy with God or other people happening in your life. You're too fearful. You're too afraid. And if he can stop intimacy, he can keep you from multiplying. He can keep you from having fruitfulness and increase from happening in your life. Even though the word of God says that you are blessed and highly favored. We've got to understand it. So if he can keep you messed up where you're actually guarded against all things that are intimate, the moment somebody kind of starts getting a little too close, you start shoving them away or you run away from them, he can keep the seed that is actually inside of you, the potential that is inside of you, from ever producing what God put it in there for. Is this making sense? I know it's hard to see it in ourselves, but sometimes it's easy to see it in someone else. A coworker, a family member that you've got, that you see that when you get in too close to them, they, they start kind of backing up and leaning away from you. The devil is after you. That's why the devil, when the devil's around, he is always killing the potential. All throughout the word of God, he was always killing babies. Y'all have read the Bible before, right? Eight of us, okay. He's always killing the babies. Listen, the devil is not like God. He's not all-knowing. So he thinks, listen, I don't know who they are, and I don't know what they're able to do, but so because of that, I'm actually going to kill them before they're able to do what they're supposed to do. So Satan has, hates the seed or the potential that is inside of you because he's not sure what you're going to be able to do, but he knows that your potential is powerful. The reason is, is because there have been some people that have made a decision to say, devil, you're not going to destroy the potential. Even though I've been hurt, I'm going to get intimate and connect with people, and I'm going to see some fruitfulness happen in your life. And when he sees that, he goes, oh, my goodness, I've got to stop it elsewhere. Is this making sense today? That's why Satan's goal, it's going to be up on the screen too, is to get between you and God and you and others to stop intimacy. He does not want you to be intimate with God and he doesn't want you to be intimate with one another because if he can stop intimacy, he can stop the multiplication. He can stop the the fruitfulness and increase from happening in your life. He knows that if he can keep you from being intimate and engaged with others, he can stop the potential that's in your life. And there is so much potential inside of each and every one of you. Now it makes sense why we struggle relationally. First of all, in our relationship with God. And then a relationship with one another's. And we have a tendency to, to not get intimate with people because we struggle. And we'll back and we'll run away from things and it's really messing us up. It's keeping us from being everything that God wants us to be. Let me give you a, a modern day example of this and it's the issue of porn. Listen, p- porn isn't there just as something that's nasty and evil. It is nasty and evil. But again, we're thinking way too shallow of what the enemy's trying to do in our lives. Porn is there to actually give you a sexual encounter without someone actually being there. And, and it, it, what, it, what it's doing is there's no intimacy actually happening, and it's really messing us up. In fact, secular researchers, people that aren't followers of Jesus Christ, sociologists and psychologists have come together, and they're concerned about this thing called porn because people are getting messed up physiologically, psychologically, and sociologically. And they're pointing back, these researchers are, to this thing that is called porn, which, by the way, it's not just a man issue anymore. 
It's, it's a woman issue too, this thing called porn. And it's messing people up because it is genetically and chemically reprogramming people. Our, our brains are getting reprogrammed where we think that that's what intimacy is, is if I can see a naked picture, if I can see a naked video, rather than understanding that intimacy is between, designed to be between a man and a woman sexually. So even when we, they try to get away from it and have a relationship with a person, intimacy isn't actually happening, and it's messing people up. And what has happened is the devil has strategically done his ultimate goal. That is to stop intimacy. Because when he stops the intimacy, it begins to stop the potential that's within you. So it really isn't about porn. It really isn't. It's about stopping closeness. It's about stopping connectedness in relationship with people so that we never multiply and there's never fruitfulness or increase happening in our lives. It's the same thing with divorce, which, by the way, I want to say real fast, if you've walked through a divorce, God has forgiven you. But listen, it's the same thing with divorce. The, the Bible says that God hates divorce. And people ask, well, why does God hate divorce, Pastor? Well, we have a tendency to think, well, that guy stood at the altar and said, I do, but he didn't, and now he doesn't anymore, but he should have because he said, I do, Right? But listen, that's not actually what the Bible says. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 2, verse 16, God talking, I hate divorce. But no one ever talks about why he hates it. And it doesn't have anything to do with that couple. It doesn't have anything to do with their vows of being faithful to one another. Here's what, if you back up a verse, here's what it says. And what was the one God seeking? What was God seeking in marriage? What was the, the, the thing that God was actually seeking? It was this, godly offspring. What was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourself in your spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. It was the offspring. Godly offspring is what, it was all about the potential once again. Listen, if, in that, it's about the potential that was actually in that couple. So the devil says, if I can create divorce, they'll never have kids. And if they do have kids, I'm, praying, I'm wanting them to grow up so wounded that maybe they will become isolated and never heal from their wounds. And maybe not only will they be wounded, but they'll actually wound other people. And they'll make it where they don't ever want to be intimate with anyone ever again. Again, it's all about the offspring. It's all about the seed. It was all about the potential that was inside of them. That's why Jesus said this about the devil. He said that he was a thief that he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But thank God for Jesus. He said that I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. You realize that Jesus came to save us from sin and all of the destructive things that actually happen from sin. He died to forgive us of our sins. And in the process, he restored intimacy between you and I and a holy God. He provided healing. Not only for our physical bodies, but healing for our souls, for our emotions, from wounds that have happened in our past. God has already provided healing for you so that no matter what the enemy has tried to do to you, Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to heal you. He came to be your Savior today. So I want to say to every one of you that, are, that is here today, there is tons of potential inside of you. It is honestly the thing that scares the enemy to death. There's so much potential inside. You have the ability to do more and see more with your life than you ever dreamed possible. There's so much potential inside of you. 
But listen, you're going to have to become aware of the way the devil has stolen or has tried to steal your potential from you. You're going to have to recognize the things that he's done. And you're going to need to make a decision that you're not going to allow past hurts to keep you from being in relationship with other people. You're going to have to make a decision to say, I'm going to step into a relationship and learn to be open. And it's a process. Because listen, I know that it can be scary. Because uh, honestly, at some level, all of us have intimacy issues at some level. We really do. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Richie, you know what? I'm, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready to be that intimate yet. I'm just not ready to be that vulnerable with other people yet. And maybe not. But listen, you can take your next step today. You can get into a small group. You can choose to start moving towards your potential. You can, you don't, just by the way, you don't have to go home and pray about it. You really don't. God says it's okay, all right? You can go ahead and get into a group. Listen, you don't have to, listen, don't go home and let the devil talk you out of taking your next step today. Go back to the table, sign up. Talk to one of the people in the church and say, listen, how do I get involved in a small group? Because I'm telling you, the devil is trying to keep you from getting connected because he's scared of the potential that's inside of you. So the choice is up to you. What do you, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay on that path that's limited potential or the potential that's in your life not flourishing? Or do you want to step into a moment and say, God, I want to get connected with other people that are going to pour into me, that are going to bring out the seed that's within me, and I'm going to see the potential that God has for me fulfilled in my life. And again, I know that it can be scary. I, I do get that. A lot of us have dealt with damage and hurts, and it's hard sometimes to get reconnected when somebody has let you down. But I'm telling you, God wants to restore you, God wants to heal you, and God wants to see the potential that's in you produce an amazing life for you. Because listen, you're not your own. The Bible says that we've been bought with a price, but not only that, your life matters to everyone around you. Because when you get healthy and you get well, that health and wellness begins to spread to everyone around you. Yeah.